Hello and welcome all to another edition of A Positive Podcast. I'm Rizal Schusterman, your host, and today we're going to be talking about emotions and feelings. We're going to take ideas from positive psychology and hopefully give you examples and deeper insights on how to practically apply them in your own life. So sit back, relax, and be ready to learn. Feelings are a big word and an important thing in our lives, but sometimes feelings can be quite unpleasant. From the time that we're children, we're told things like, don't cry, there's nothing to be sad about, it's going to be okay, don't waste your time thinking about it. And as a culture, we're often taught that we should try to avoid unpleasant emotions at all costs. And that's the reason why many people, when they're experiencing unpleasant emotions, They try to escape those feelings through whatever distraction they can. Um, You know, keeping themselves so busy with work, their phones, their computers, guests, um, alcohol, drugs, or some self-harming behaviors. But the research shows us that it's far healthier to lean into our pain or experiences of pain rather than trying to numb our emotions. You know, one of the main reasons... Feeling your pain and not numbing it is important is that when you numb sadness, you also numb your happiness and joy. Because the reality is we can't selectively choose our emotions and we can't selectively numb our emotions. But if we use negative behaviors to avoid our feelings, yes, it may help us experience less sadness and anger. But what happens is is you stop from feeling also good feelings like happiness and joy. And part of the amazing thing about being a human is that we're able to have a range of emotions, experiencing sadness and hurt. This is part of what makes us human. And at the same time, we can also experience joy. So you have to think of your feelings as like waves in the ocean. They come and go, they rise and fall. And if you keep telling yourself, just like the waves, nothing lasts forever. Anger and sadness will go and come. And our emotions are really a big part of our human experience. And additionally, all of our emotions contain gifts because they help us grow as people. So we make the mistake and think that if we're struggling with our emotions and if I'm paying attention to my emotions, it's going to lead to more suffering. I'm just going to keep suffering. And that's not true. That's a myth. Instead, we, we tend to use negative behaviors to try to numb our feelings. And it's like putting a Band-Aid on a wound. So that negative behavior make, may make us feel better temporarily, but they don't fix the underlying problem. So using negative coping strategies to numb our emotions cause us to feel even worse in the long term. So rather than trying to suppress your feelings or um, push them away, let's work on being more mindful and uh, observe them. Notice the emotions that you're experiencing and where you feel them in your body. Do you feel them in your heart? Do you feel them in your head, in your stomach? in your back, where's those, where are they showing up? And then try to cultivate a curious and not judgmental stance. Because our, our emotions are often messengers, which signal something important that we need to pay attention to. You know, our feelings are trying to send us a message. And if our feelings could speak, anger might say something like, Ugh, this situation feels unfair. And you might feel that way, but then ask yourself, wait, what do I need here? What am I angry about? Perhaps I can communicate more assertively and get what it is that I need. Or if you're feeling guilty, you might say, guilt might tell you, 
you behaved in a way that you're not proud of. So check in with your value system and see where this behavior is coming from or where you could have changed your behavior so the next time you don't make that same mistake. But instead of getting caught up in the guilty feeling, actually observe where it's coming from. So, you know, let's say, for example, you see a friend that has been pursuing a lifelong dream of writing a book. And you see that you start to feel a feeling of jealousy. But if you take a moment to get curious about what this emotion is trying to tell you, you may discover that you too are passionate about writing and you too want to write a book. So if you really dig deeper, you'll see that the jealousy is not there just to have that negative feeling, but it's trying to tell you something about yourself. Or another example might be you might be angry and full of resentment towards your spouse. But these anger, these angry feelings might be telling you that someone's not respecting your boundaries. Or perhaps you are not effectively communicating what your needs are. So that person is not respecting them, but they don't know. They can't read your mind. So processing and experiencing our feelings is really a part of having a full life. You know, anyone who is struggling with any kind of addiction or eating disorder or busyness in life and trying to keep themselves so busy they don't feel will tell you that constantly trying to run from your emotions is exhausting. When you're focused on numbing your feelings rather than processing them and using helping, helpful, healthy coping strategies, you're so busy with that that you prevent yourself from living a full and meaningful life. Hurt, frustration, pain, sadness, and anger, they're all a natural and healthy part of our human experience. And when we try to suppress these emotions, we're not able to thrive. And part of having a full life is feeling all of our emotions, both pleasant and unpleasant. So at one moment, we might be beaming with joy and feeling like your heart is so full of gratitude for all these great things you have. And then it's also experiencing heartbreak and disappointment. But allowing yourself to truly sit with those feelings, whichever they are, is so important. A really important part of being able to cope with our emotions is practicing self-compassion, which basically is treating and responding to yourself the way you would to a loved one or a friend who was sad or struggling. And you deserve to extend to yourself the same kindness that you would, you would give to others. So beating yourself up for feeling sad or feeling embarrassed or, shame, or ashamed or even anxious doesn't serve you. It actually makes you feel worse. So instead of beating yourself up, try to work on saying kind and gentle things to yourself and engage in compassionate acts of self-care because that's really a truly a way to help you cope. Another way to experience your emotions and lean into your emotions is by being vulnerable with other people. When you can be vulnerable with other people that's a tr that you trust, that's a sign of true strength, not a weakness. We all feel like if we show other people that we may feel jealous at times or that we struggle with feeling worried or we struggle with guilt, that we may come across as a weak person. But the truth is that by sharing and being vulnerable, not only do you connect with the other person, but in turn, actually it helps you process your emotions and unpack it and see what's really at the core of it. So the, ultimately, the way to heal and move through painful experiences is to let yourself feel. And there's many ways to do this. So if you're writing in a journal and journaling how you feel, you may notice things that will come up as you're writing. Or perhaps for somebody who's creative, it may be through art. Or like we mentioned before, talking to a friend or seeking help from a coach or a therapist. So there's many ways, many healthy ways to process your emotions. And there may be times, of course, that 
you're not able to process your feelings in that moment because you may be at work or you may be around other people. And this is where you can employ healthy distractions or healthy coping strategies that will help you be able to wait until you are in a safe space and in a place where you can share. And there you can unpack and deal with your emotions and feelings and really get to the bottom of it. So let's talk about what our emotions are really trying to tell us. I'm sure if you're human and anything like me, you've experienced the feeling of emotion of jealousy or envy. You know, I was having a conversation the other day with a family member and we were talking about the feeling of jealousy and envy and why the emotion of jealousy brings up so much shame and guilt to actually say I'm jealous of this person or I'm envious of this person. And after the conversation, I you know went to dig deeper and research what the difference was between jealousy and envy. And I came across some interesting facts that I'd love to share with you today. So according to David Straker, author of Changing Minds, jealousy is really about loss. When you perceive that someone has taken something that you are emotionally attached to or is threatening to take it away from you, you react by feeling hurt and angry. And if this person is a friend or a loved one, that sense of betrayal really fuels that and it becomes even stronger. So that would be jealousy. Envy, on the other hand, is about coveting something you don't have. The person that you're envious of has what you want. And the more unfair you think the situation is, the more you will find ways to put that person down. So instead of having to work and achieve more, you can justify the reasons for staying in your situation by putting the other person down. So in short, envy is a reaction to lacking something, while jealousy is a reaction to the threat of losing something. So I had a conversation the other day with a coaching client about professional envy in the workplace. And I asked her, what is it that you are saying to yourself when you envy someone else's success? What is that voice saying? And she answered with the same question my brain often will scream at me. I should be the one recognized for that. How did they get that break and I didn't? Or something like, I've been saying those things for years. How come I'm not the one who's famous for those ideas? So if you've had these similar thoughts or these questions, there's a great way to change and focus on something entirely different. Instead of focusing on what isn't in your control, you can shift your focus on what is in your control, what you can change for yourself. So is it possible that the person you envy took some steps that you either didn't think of or you avoided because you were afraid of failure. And maybe even if you don't approve of those steps, you know, you think their methods are a bit shady. But the fact is, is that person still had the courage to step out in the world in a way that we didn't. So what can envy, what can this emotion, this feeling of envy teach us? So number one, you have to ask yourself is, what can I learn from this person's success that I can apply to my plans? Or another question, What stopped me from playing big in a bigger league like the one this person is playing? And I'm so smart. I'm so capable. How can I play at that level too? What can I change in my life? And another question that you can ask yourself is, have I celebrated my successes? Am I busy focusing on other people's successes? Maybe I need to dig a little deeper and see, look how much I've accomplished instead of comparing. Like I've mentioned before, the only person you can compare yourself to is the person that you were yesterday. Another great question that you can ask yourself is, how can I approach this colleague or this friend and ask them for assistance to show me ways to achieve what I'm looking to achieve? Instead of just envying their success, I want to learn from their success. 
So recognizing your emotions and learning to manage them is one of the most important skills that you can have. In fact, people who are good at noticing how they feel and can calm themselves down and adjust their behaviors are much more likely to do well in life, they have healthier relationships, and they can manage difficulties and setbacks better. So there's many different ways to process your feelings and emotions. Bear in mind that our feelings are stemming from our thoughts, not from facts. So our brain has some beliefs. We've talked about this before with the ABCDE model, where we start to believe these ideas and then they impact how we feel. But if we catch our thoughts and really dispute them with evidence if they're true, and then also change them with another thought, we can influence the way we feel. In addition to this, we can remember as much as we want to believe that we have no control over how we feel and what happens to us, it's not true. We do have control over our lives and the choices we make. What we think directly impacts how we feel and how we act. In Hasidus, we talk about the garments of the soul, machshava, thought, dibar, speech, maisa, and our actions. And these all actually can reinforce these feelings. So if you think you're a failure in your thought, you will then feel like a failure. Then you, and you will act like a failure. You will talk about it as if you're a failure. And that will only reinforce your beliefs that you're a failure. And we don't need to feel like a victim and take whatever our mind throws at us. We have the choice to not take all those thoughts in. We can choose to take back control by working on training our mind so that we can create the life we want. I would love to hear your feedback in all this. And if you're looking to discuss this further, you can reach out by email, by emailing me at positivecoachrs at gmail.com or through my website, apositivecoach.com. You can also find me on Facebook and Instagram at apositivecoach. So wishing us all a meaningful and self-aware day. I'm Razel Schusterman.